Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Demonland Podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me tonight as co-host, uh, Greg Viney. Good evening. How are you? I'm excellent, Andy. Thank you. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good, actually. Um, all the better for uh, officially making the finals. Um, you know, even before our game, that the Friday night game made it uh, absolutely official, um, even though the chances were extremely slim uh, that we could uh, not make it. But, uh, yeah, it was nice to sort of uh, breathe a sigh of relief and uh, go into uh, the game on Sunday, uh, being able to enjoy it. And enjoy it, we did. Um, Probably one of the best games... Probably one of the best Mm. games I've seen in a long, long time uh, us play. Um, You know, it was a bit of a seesawing affair uh, early on. I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, but we sort of dismantled a very a very good team. And uh, you can say they've got a couple of players out, but then again, so do we. So uh, pretty much fairly evenly matched uh, two teams, you know, they're vying for September glory. And um, we made them, after half time. we made them look uh, second rate. We did. And not only that, I think uh, it's the first time GWS are a very good side at moving the ball yep. and moving the ball quickly and spreading and running. And it was great to see us beat a team where that's the real strength because that's where we've been exposed um, during the year probably the most. Um, And as you say, it was pretty comprehensive. Um, uh, And I I agree it was was, uh, along with uh, obviously the uh, game against West Coast was probably the best win of the year. Yeah, the West Coast one was was great. You know, well, that's the one that got us sort of into the finals. And as it turns out, we probably could have lost the last two games and still made the finals. But it's very good to go in with yep. a bit of form. Uh, the West Coast one was great. Um, you know, the relief winning over there. But this one, we sort of dismantled a, a, a very good uh, team. And um, as I said before, we didn't, but we made them look uh, second rate. And, you know, we've Got, uh, we also had a couple of players, you know, probably play some of their best games. Um, uh, one of them, for me, that stands out, um, I thought Sam Wiedemann get backed up uh, the West Coast game with a, a, another good, solid game from him, and he's coming along really nicely, taking some good marks, kicked a, a great goal, um, you know, on a tight angle. Um, yep. I think he's starting to... to Find he, you know, find his uh, feet in the team, and um, yep, wrapped with him. We always suspected that it was going to happen, didn't we? I mean, we've said a number of times yep. that uh, he was getting in the right position and getting his hands to the ball, even, but just not holding them. And he started to take some of those contested marks in the last couple of weeks, and uh, as you say, looking um, looking very comfortable out there um, and coming just at the right time, obviously, with Jesse going down. Um, I'm just, uh, I'll try not to be distracted. I've got the TV on in front of me. It's obviously the All-Australian uh, team's going to be announced tonight. And uh, I think what we'll do is I'll keep an eye on it. And uh, if our boys, which are, we're obviously expecting, um, well, we've only got two in contention. Um, we can talk about that a bit as well. Uh, but I'm sure both Maxie and Clary should get in the best 22 and uh, as they get announced or um, come up for, I'm, I'm sure they're going to interview uh, players as they get announced. Um, I can play that uh, live through um, uh, through our uh, podcast tonight. So Great. Um, 
Are you expecting both to be in the starting 18? No. I, I Look, I think uh, Maxi – oh, well, there you go. Maxi has just been uh, announced uh, – He's up there. I'm not sure what's. I'm going to pl- put this on now. You both look very distinguished in your blazers. Right, look forward to chatting There's a bit of a delay. Well, it is my great privilege to this. announce the players positioned in the ruck and midfield ah, so for the 2018 Virgin Australia AFL All-Australian team. The ruckman, Max Gorn. There you have Max it. Max wins the selector's nod and his second All-Australian blazer in a year of ruck excellence. In the midfield, Patrick Cripps. This is the Carlton Stars' first All-Australian blazer after an inspiring year from the emerging leader. From Hawthorne, Tom Mitchell. It's back-to-back All-Australians for the prolific ball winner after a record-breaking season. In the centre, Dustin Martin. Following up his unbelievable season 2017, the reigning Brownlow medalist was again a force for the Tigers. On the wing, Andrew Gaff. The hard-running eagle adds to his 2015 selection with another All-Australian blazer tonight. On the other wing from Collingwood, still side bottom. This is the first time the Magpie has been named All-Australian after an outstanding year. All right, they're going to talk to uh, Cripps and uh, Mitchell now. So when they start talking to Max, I'll, I'll bring the sound up. We may as well talk about All-Australian. So congratulations, uh, Maxie Gorn. Uh, well, I think that answers the question. <laughs> I didn't think Clary was going to get on the field. I, I will bet that he's on the bench. Um, but I thought I, I sort of knew Maxi would get the nod in the ruck. Yeah, I thought so too. I actually thought Clarence might start um, and thought Cripps might get the bench. But, uh, it, uh, well, we hope. <laughs> we hope it's uh, the other way around and that uh, you wouldn't think that Clayton's going to miss altogether, would you? That would be controversial. Considering the year he's had, uh, if he misses, it, it is controversial. Um, I think he's had a fantastic year. We've seen it week in, week out. Uh, we mention him every week on the, you know, we see what he can do, um, how lightning quick his hands are. He's almost a second ahead of everyone else. Uh, hopefully the selectors see that as well. And I've got no doubt that uh, he'll be a multiple uh, All-Australian in years to come. Um, do you think it's controversial that Andrew Graff uh, got in or you think... Um... Well, only in the sense that he's missed three games. I don't think he should... Uh, um, I don't think he should be disqualified for yeah. um, for the hit. Um, you know, it's not the best and fairest, it's the best. So it's not about that. So, so in terms of, you mentioned the missing three games, um, what, what are your thoughts on how many games uh, does a player uh, have to miss to not be in contention? Because mm. I, I reckon, uh, I don't think they should be in the team necessarily, but both Tom McDonald and, um, and Brayshaw probably might have been stiff to miss the top uh, 40, but then if you're going to count how many games players have missed... Um, yeah, perhaps that makes sense. And what are you thinking in terms of that? Yeah, I'd, look, Brayshaw, Brayshaw probably not. Um, look, he was good when he came back in, but it wasn't really until mid-season that he really started motoring. Um, whereas I think Tom McDonald, I think he came in in either round six or seven, and he was kicking goals straight away. So I think McDonald would have a stronger case, but uh, that he's missed too many games, I think. Um, to uh, to make it probably just 
What's um, three, I don't think, is missing too many. No. Uh, well, in terms of gaff, yeah. Well, Tom, Tom uh, is averaging uh, about almost three goals a game. Uh, you factor that into the games he missed, and he's almost Coleman medalist. Uh, it's yep. pretty great, pretty great effort uh, from a guy that was playing fullback, <laughs> you know, uh, eighteen months ago. Um, amazing, amazing uh, effort by him. Yeah, and you know when you put uh, put he and Jesse together, and they've kicked nearly a hundred between them for the year. And um, as much as we love players kicking um, lots of goals, uh, we've shown a real ab- ability to spread it around. Uh, you know, Melksham off- often kicks multiple goals um, as well. So uh, yeah. Now they're almost about to talk to Maxi. I can see it on the live thing. By the app is a little bit behind, so. Um, yeah, I'll switch it. They're talking to Maxi now. Attention on the Ruckman come this time of year. You had to beat some good competition to get the number one spot. Yeah, um, there were <clears throat> some very good rucks this year. Um, some guys that will probably go really well in their own club, best and fairest, and um, obviously, hopefully, a chance that there's another one in the team tonight. So um, it was definitely not the year of the Ruckman, but there was um, there was definitely some good ruck performances. Unlike Nick, I don't have you pegged so much as a blazer as a blazer guy. Will you get around town in that one? Um, yeah, I have to get someone to do my tie tonight, so I'm not even a tie guy. Um, uh, not necessarily. I, don't, I think this one will go in the closet. Um, I don't think it's one of the fashion statements going around. How does it, how does it feel to you know win your second All Australian Guernsey? Um, it's a privilege, to be honest. Um, I've it's well documented where I've, where I've come from as a, as a person and now a footballer. Um, so to get two Australians, obviously it's not what you play for, but um, what, well, what you do play for is what I'm involved in in the next couple of weeks, which is exciting, the first time I've been able to do that. So um, this is just something that you'll look back on maybe at the end of your career and um, you'll be very grateful for it. Right on, mate. Andrew, disappointing way to finish the season. You must be wrapped with how... All right, that, they're talking to Gaff now. Um, uh, I, lo- I love Maxie. Um, I really hope he uh, wins uh, the Brownlow this year, <laughs> not just so Maxi wins the Brownlow, but just so that we have someone that's got a bit of charisma uh, up on stage <laughs> when they're interviewing him <laughs> because how boring um, as good a player as uh, Dustin Martin is. Um, he was boring to talk, <laughs> to hear uh, talk after, the, uh, after he won. <laughs> Well, I think Maxi's Maxi sort of come in. I mean, he finished the season really strongly, so uh, I think his odds have come in. I think he might be the second favourite behind Tom Mitchell, yeah. who's at pretty short odds yeah, well, um, yeah. from what I saw earlier in the week. I think Maxi was um, eight dollars, and uh, Tom Mitchell is a dollar something. So <laughs> quite, yeah. yeah. So it might might be worth putting a few dollars on Maxi because he yeah, had never a know. bloody good year. And he just continues, I mean, uh, how important is he in our team? I mean, f- in the forward line, taking marks and kicking goals, um, you know, kicked a ripper straight in front, but he was 40 out. Um, and then to, um, you know, down back, as we know, taking marks down back in, in the last line of defence or up on the wing, uh, really taught uh, uh, the GWS uh, Ruckman a bit of a lesson. Yeah, and... You'd, and um you know, Goodwin talks about, he uses the word connection a lot um, and he can, it sounds almost a little bit like management speak, but he does have a genuine connection with uh, the midfielders and some of his tap work is just, 
um, straight out of the handbook, basically, and uh, uh, a real master of the craft um, of, uh, of rucking. So some of that tap work is just beautiful to watch and uh, uh, no wonder he sort of boasts that he, he um, that the midfielders look good because because of him. There's a certain element of truth to it. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, speaking of midfielders, uh, once again, James Harms. Uh, we said it last week, what a, last week we said what a great five weeks he's had. Now what a great six weeks he's had. Um, really stepped up to, you know, uh, of the last six weeks, or sort of elite sort of level he's playing at. Um, I certainly didn't expect that of him at the beginning, beginning of the year. I've always liked him, uh, but I certainly didn't expect him to be a great run-with player and then a guy who will be able to get the ball uh, multiple times himself. Uh, was, was he playing a run-with role earlier? Was he on Kelly? Because... Um, if he was, he yeah, was I think so. Very I think so, and uh, I mean, he kept Kelly. Uh, uh, on the telly, they said he was running with someone else. Yeah, um, I couldn't look, tell because he was getting uh, the ball himself. So, yeah, not only that, but he's uh, he's really improved the way he uses it. Yep. Um, a lot more composure uh, when he's got it, and his delivery is a lot better. And as I say, it's just improved in leaps and bounds. And I, like you, just. Um, I hoped for it, but I didn't think um, I didn't think we'd see him at this level. And I guess his challenge is to, you know, maintain it and perhaps even improve on it. And it gives me a little bit of hope. Um, and I probably need to eat a bit of humble pie about James Harms because I didn't think he had it in him. And it gives me hope, that, like Nibbler, who also perhaps lacks a bit of composure on occasions, uh, can also improve in the same way. I guess. Yeah, I've been a little bit, um, I don't know, I might have been a bit critical at the game of, of Nibbler the last couple of weeks. Um like to see a bit more output from him. Um, you know, uh, kick, kicked a nice, a lovely goal on the weekend. I'd like to see a little bit more of that um, in the coming weeks. Yeah, if, if, he, could, if he could take those opportunities... Um, uh, that that he gets, you know, reasonably frequently, then, you know, he'd really improve. Um, he does sometimes tend to miss, you know, shots that, that come his way. So I think he, he kicked a couple on the weekend, didn't he? Uh, Nibbler... There was a set shot and one on the run. Nibbler yeah. kicked two, that's correct. He kicked a beautiful yep. one on the run. Um, uh, I was happy... I was sort of happy with uh, Trax game, uh, you know... <laughs> He still kicks a few points, and he's just he's he's on the cusp of you know kicking that five or six goals game type of thing. Uh, kick three goals, and I guess if he goes through a final series kicking three a game, I'll be very very happy. Um, but yeah, the output was certainly there, and I just I'm waiting for that five or six goal game from him that uh, we know he's got in him. Yeah, just I want to see him take more shots. Um, yeah, you know I like the team first ethos, but. He's also a player who you expect to be a finisher um, and to turn those those real half opportunities um, to try and convert some of those. So um, less giving it off and, um, yeah, a bit more selfish around goals, please. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right that Lazy asked earlier in the chat room who, who's the smoky that might go to a new level and you responded um, with Petraka and I think you're right. 
that he's the one that's got it in him to lift a level or two, perhaps, um, Friday week. Speaking of the chat room, if you are listening to this live, we've got 129 people listening live at the moment. Uh, you can join us in the chat room at demonland.com slash podcast. Uh, if you're a member of Demonland, uh, you can have a chat with us, ask us a question. Uh, if you're not, you can sign up to Demonland and join the conversation on Demonland every uh, day of every week. Um, or you can give us a call tonight, zero three nine zero one six three triple six. That's zero three nine zero one six. Three triple six or Skype us on Demonland thirty one. Um, ask us anything you want, or just uh, give us your thoughts about the game or any of the other topics we talk about uh, tonight. Um, yeah, uh, just in yeah, in terms of Petraka, you're talking about uh, taking shots. Uh, we've got a few players who sometimes you know they they take the mark and they sort of quickly look to to give the ball off. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Uh, if it's just that team thing that you look to try and get it off, but sometimes they're a bit rushed with that, and it doesn't always hit the mark. And you know, we get as supporters, we get frustrated because we want them to go back and sort of have a shot. Um, yeah, sometimes milk passes from fifty. When I mean, he's a beautiful kick. Yeah. Go back and have a shot from fifty. Yeah, uh, he's he's one who should also, um, you know, look. He's very good at setting up goals. That. Uh, 50 um he should be he should be shooting for goal yeah i agree unless uh, there's an you know an obvious opportunity but yep we do we uh, we definitely uh missed uh, Melkstrom while he was out so i'm happy he's back in uh he is a beautiful user of the ball uh going into going into the 50 and um another one the the return of aaron vandenberg uh to the team um i'm wrapped with him i i i I I think we didn't realise how much, well, not that we've missed him because he's been out for so long, but since he's come back in, he really adds something to the team. I, I can't put my finger on exactly, but uh, he's strong, big-bodied. Um, he's very aggressive, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With player and ball. Um, and I think there was a bit of sort of doubt about him that, you know, that the last time he played we weren't a particularly good team and that perhaps he was a bit of a scrubber yep. who looked good in a not-so-good team. But uh, as you say, he's um, <laughs> he's looked more than comfortable the last two weeks um, and, he's, as you say, he's a big-bodied player and uh, um, he's really using it to his advantage. Very uh, hard to tackle, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's yeah big boy and um yeah uh sorry we i want to harms is also hard to tackle he's well, he's got he's the coming fond of putting the arm out he's and got doing the dusty fend he's off. got the dusties about him he, I, I remember sort of last year or it might have been the year before he was doing it and not being able to execute it well enough and i think perhaps he's built up his strength a little bit and just get yep. the confidence up and he's doing it a lot more and you know is very hard uh, to tackle and um, and strength and speed, um, his ability to sort of move away from the contest is uh, quickly is is really really good. It is. Um, when we talk about Maxi before, I forgot to mention, uh, brought up the one thousandth hit up hit out uh, for the year, or you know, first player to do that, uh, I believe. And <laughs> it's an amazing statistic, isn't it? It's just fantastic. Um, and it's not just it's not just the hitouts. It's his hitouts to advantage stats are remarkable, um, and you, you know you need that for for your ruckman. That's exactly what you want your ruck to be doing. 
Um, defense, uh, Frosty. How how good has he been the last couple of weeks? Uh, just his rebound out of defence. Um, I don't think he had his hundred percent this week, um, you know. But when he's now got the ball ball in hand, or even just his attack on the ball, I'm I'm wrapped with it. And um, it was his birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Frosty! Um, loving him in the team. Will the he moment. start on Hawkins? Do you think, or yeah. will they try O'Mac first? Well, they started him on uh, Lance. Um, I think they might. Was he playing? He did. He was playing. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Lance, he got so. moved late, late to yeah. late on to Hawkins um, when it was well too late, really. Well, too, yeah, but and I, he did. He did beat him in a in a few yeah contests I, I one think on one. Maybe, so. and I think what will also help against Hawkins, and we'll probably talk more about it next week. Uh, when we look at the game more in depth. Uh, but I think having Hibbard down back um, will certainly help. Um, yep. I mean, you can't say, oh, if Hibbard was back there, we would have uh, won the game. But, um, yeah, I think he's uh, just having that experience and, um, you know, someone to fill the hole um, certainly would have helped. Yep. Uh, OMAC's been great, I, I think, the last, uh, well, sort of, all, all year, I think he's improved. He's had a really, really consistent year. Yeah, you know, the, there's going to be times when he gets beaten, but you can't expect uh, a player to win every contest he's in. But he's winning more often than not, and uh, he's really turning into a, a a very solid backman, like like Tom was, as in a man up backman. And I think he's got more confidence in his kicking now as well. I think he used to, when he used to get the ball, he used to sort of panic a bit, but I, I don't think the panic is there. He's, he's got a bit more confidence to back himself uh, kicking out of defence. He's a much better user um, of the ball than Tom ever was down yes. back, for sure, Yeah, already. So, I'll be, you know, I'm pretty comfortable when he's got the ball in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, also, who I thought had probably had his best game that I've seen him play in you know, long in the last two years, uh, I thought uh, Jay Kennedy Harris. Um, you know, didn't he had fifteen possessions, but I thought he he used the ball quite well. Um, I'm not sure how many score involvements he had, but he had a couple. And um, I, were you surprised when he got the nod over Bug when Hannon went out, or or you, or you think that uh, oh, I don't Bug, have a lot of faith in Bug. Yeah. I was prepared to go with JKH, and I, look, I didn't have a lot of faith in him either. But I yeah. think he's probably earned himself another year on the list, hasn't he? Yeah, I'd ke- he's I'd... not going to get delisted now, will he? No. Well, so he's out of contract. Uh, is that is that right? Uh, well, no, I, uh, I don't know his contract status, but. Um, People were certainly sort of saying, you know, about a month ago or six weeks ago that that um, that he was on his way out. Uh, but you know, he's uh, I guess you know made a pretty good fist of the opportunity that he's had late in the year. So, um, well, it's interesting. He, he's, he, he might make way. He might make way um, for for Viney um, next week. Well, we'll see what happens. It all depends what happens. Well, Kent's obviously out, and we'll talk about next week. Uh, Tyson may or may not be in. Um, Yes. So, mm, interesting. But Jay Kenny Harris obviously got the nod before Garlett this week. Um, So, he looks like he's higher in the pecking order uh, than him. 
So, interesting. Yeah, I think Jeffy kicked some goals yeah, on kicked, the weekend. I believe so. he kicked three. I didn't see much of the game, saw a bit of it. Um, but, yeah, he did kick three. So, And, look, Hannon might be back next week. So, Hannon's obviously higher in the pecking order um, yep. than them. So, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the prospect of Viney. They've said that he's not going to play in the reserves this week. Um, but it said, I didn't, didn't see a training thread. I was surprised actually no one had been to training or reported on. Because Viney was meant to go be back with the main group this week, wasn't he? Yeah, I, so I saw someone posted a video online, as in on Facebook, I saw just briefly. Um, but they said he'll be training with the main group on Saturday. And that's an open, just a, an announcement. Uh, well, it's, you would have, might have seen it on Melbourne's uh, Facebook and Twitter's uh, open training on Saturday. I think it's at 9.45am. So get down there. Uh, do, do teams? It's been a long time since we've been in the finals. Do teams still do? Uh, do, do supporters go to trainings during um, during finals times, like they did when we were uh, young lads in eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, and so on? Um, you know, I miss those. Seeing the email today made me a bit nostalgic for the uh, uh, oval because there was, used to be a real atmosphere down there, and I certainly remember eighty seven. It was. Um, uh, yeah, it was packed. Um, but uh, well, in those days, training was at uh, six or six o'clock at night. These days, they train sort of yep. uh, in the morning uh, or, or midday or something like that. So uh, it's a lot different. People can't always get off from work. Kids are at school, so um, I think That's the right. Saturday open training helps for people to come down. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of people there on Saturday. Uh, but that was great back in the day, and any young youngins listening to this now, uh, you know, uh, wouldn't know about that. But um, that they were fantastic. I mean, it's just nights. an atmosphere thing, isn't it? The Junction Oval is a beautiful ground. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, Gosh is uh, is a bit bit sort of soulless. But uh, they'll have all the bells and whistles there. The mascots will be there, and face painting for the kids and all that. So. And they It'll said, be, uh, "Be a good day." And they said, "Players will be uh, giving selfies and autographs." <laughs> so, uh, we're just what's on now. What they're doing the forward, uh, the forward pockets and back pockets. I think, uh, I think uh, Clary will be in this. Uh, so it's 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 likely uh, he'll be on the bench. Uh, so we'll we'll bring you back to that uh, shortly. Um, anyone else uh, of the players uh, impressed you? Um, I think we've done the They're main all ones. very impressive yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Salem... And playing really well Lewis. as a team. So Salem has been sensational the yeah. last few weeks. Really um, taken a, a step up. We, we've sort of known how good he is skill-wise uh, and really taken uh, a step up. Um, so happy with him. Um uh, do you pay any attention, Evan? You probably don't. Uh, the AFL Team of the Week, which may as well just be the Kane Corns' uh, uh, Team of the Week. <laughs> yes. Uh, this frustrates me every week because I don't think he watches every single game. Uh, and if you're going to do a Team of the Week, uh, you've either got to watch every single game or it's got to be sort of a, a group effort to put out this Team of the Week. And I know it doesn't mean anything, but... He definitely doesn't watch uh, Melbourne games, and I'm not asking them to put six Melbourne players in the team. Uh, but this week he had just one Maxi on the bench and uh, could have named about two or three that uh, could have been in the team over some of the players that he's picked. Um, so that's my rant of the week. Um, yep. 
Um, I'll, I'll pass on Kane Corns. I don't pay a lot of attention to him. Uh, did you pay attention when he said Melbourne would finish first on the ladder? Yes, <laughs> he was absolutely correct. <laughs> um, um, no, I, he's a bit of a shock jock, isn't yes. he, really, Kane Corns? Yeah, clickbait, um, uh, you know, yep. and I'm falling for it. But you know what? I'm going to click on AFL things, especially when they're talking about the D. So you, they've got me there. I'm not going to not click on something. But we've but, been represented during the year, haven't we? We have. We've had. In the team of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was just, uh, the last two weeks, we've been quite light on, um, and I, I have a feeling he hasn't watched those Sunday games. The <laughs> yep. uh, 3.20 uh, uh, time slot doesn't suit him, so um, there's always a lot of players. There's always a lot of players from the Friday night, Saturday games, and then the Sunday games don't get um, much. But there were some players in there in games. Uh, they got they got in there from games that were sort of dead rubbers, and uh, yeah, uh, well, not the dead rubber, but uh, you know, there was. No, I'm not going to go on. I'm, I'm too angry about it to talk about it. Um, <laughs> we'll go on to the uh, ticketing fiasco. Um, both you and I were very lucky to to get our tickets. Um, we didn't have uh, Super Mercado on tonight. Um, and I, I do follow Super Mercado, uh, aka uh, Demon Blog, on Twitter. Because he was very, very angry. I do. He was very frustrated and angry, and he was one of the ones that uh, couldn't get couldn't get on to the site or had it hanging and lagging. Um, a lot of Demon Landers had problems, and yeah. I felt um, I really felt terrible for them. As you say, you and I were pretty lucky and got got on straight away. But um, a lot of people got locked out, and, and it mucks up. It mucks you around for hours and hours, and people, um, you know, shuffle their day around. Round to give themselves that small window of opportunity to, to log on and do it. And you're left sort of hanging for two hours and you, then you've got to organise your next day because yeah. they've had to reschedule well, it. So it's a farce of the highest order and look, we're not uh, used to it because yeah. um, uh, the last time we played finals, you used to queue up at, at Bass <laughs> to get your tickets. But apparently this happens every year. So... Um, you know, it's uh, it's um, pretty hopeless and it's the AFL's fault and it's also the MCG's fault. MCG just viewed their contract with Ticketek, so um, it's a pretty piss-poor effort all round. Um, and I know what it's like because I was, I'm an Optus subscriber for the, uh, for the World Cup and they also couldn't handle, um, you know, couldn't handle the demand uh, when it came around, and if if you don't, you know, it's yeah, it infuriates me. It's my cane corns issue of the week. <laughs> so, so, because um, I know I got on, uh, I was very well prepared. I had uh, I had to get eight tickets. I had everyone's barcodes uh, already. I was sitting there for half an hour before refreshing, just sort of waiting, and perhaps my refreshing caused <laughs> some of the issues they were having. But, uh, yeah, I didn't have any hiccups and I hadn't even factored in in my own brain what would happen if for some reason there was a, a stuff up like this. And I, I should have been prepared because I remember I bought some Seinfeld tickets uh, last year and the same thing happened. Um, and, yeah, I don't – that's probably less people trying to get tickets um, than uh, the finals. Uh, they perhaps should stagger the, – the 
four big finals on. I think only three of the finals were Ticketek games. But maybe they need to stagger it. I don't know. I don't know how Seems you do it. Seems pretty obvious. You know, you got two weeks to sell the tickets. So, fair, I mean, that's what they ended up doing yeah. is staggering it. So, um, pretty pathetic. And, you know, if it happens every year, which apparently it does, then it's just a bit of a joke. Oh, it certainly so, is. So I'm I'm wrapped. I was able to get tickets. I hope everyone else uh, has now been able to secure tickets or will so in the in the next 24 hours. Um, but yeah, you'd hate to sort of miss out because they can't get their shit together. So yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty upsetting. Um, now, treating fans with contempt, really. If if anyone has a, a Ticketex nightmare story, you're welcome to give us a call on zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Uh, Super Mercado, if you are uh, listening out there and you want to call in, uh, I know you had something else on tonight, but you said you might be listening. So, um, yeah, give us your rant story, 9016-3666, or Skype us on a Demonland31. Um, uh, the Demonland Player of the Year, it's very tight contest at the top. There's only... There's only a couple votes in it. It's a two-horse race, I think, at the moment. Even though we've had guys like um, we've got guys like Harms and um, Tom McDonald, a Brayshaw sort of uh, race up uh, the list, but they're coming from a long way back. So it's just Maxi and Clary um, in contention at the moment. So uh, it's going to continue on into finals. So hopefully, there's another few weeks that we get to watch that contest. Um, Makes it interesting for the. Uh uh, best and fairest, doesn't it? Yeah. Because Maxi hasn't won one yet. Um, and Clary and won last year. I think he deserves one, but there's there's something um, attractive about Clary re- winning the next nine in a row, <laughs> potentially. Yeah. So uh, I've been thinking about the uh, the Bluey Truscott and who I want to win. Yeah. Um, because Max loves the club. We know that. So it would be very special to him yeah. to win the BNF, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I, uh, so hard, hard one to call. So they've um, they're doing the uh, the best and fairest change. The best and fair, uh, yeah, no, they haven't done it yet. They've gone to a break, but I think that'll be next. Uh, so I'll, I'll might have to break in on whatever we're talking about, and we'll we'll. We'll see where the Clary gets in. Uh, yeah, a, th- the, the... a thread popped up today, just while we're talking yeah. about Clary v Max. A thread popped up today. Who is your current favourite D? I didn't look into that thread. What's uh, what's and, the result? Well, there were there was a you know a whole a very diverse range of answers, and it just goes to show how many good players we do have on the list at the moment, um, and the love that there is for some of those boys. So there was there wasn't it didn't say who's the best. It was just who is your favourite. So how would you answer that? Do you reckon? Well, I, I've got a I've got a sweet spot for Max being a player. He's our player sponsor. Yep. Um, so I got a sweet spot for him. He's a he's a lovely guy. And that's you've you've been you've been his sponsor since, since the beginning, <laughs> since way back when. Since since he had a knee injury um, in his first year. And uh, he was some skinny kid. We didn't even know who he was. And, uh, yeah, it's it's turned out very well. And hopefully we can uh, ride a few more accolades, including the Coach's Award that he won uh, during the week. Um, that, that, 
I mean, some say that's even, um, you know, sort of more prestigious than the um, than the Brownlow medal. Um, obviously, players would love to have a Brownlow because, but uh, the fact that uh, this is, you know, given given out by the coaches um, is yep. is definitely uh, something that's uh, a real real thing to hang your hat on. So, uh, congrats to Maxi for that another accolade. And I think tomorrow night is the the Players Association Players MVP. Association. How is that uh, awarded or voted on, or what, how, do you know anything about that? Well, it's just one player, I think, isn't it? And I think every player votes. Oh, so okay, so every player votes. So uh, I, I, I'm guessing maybe someone in the chat room knows, but uh, hmm. interesting. I reckon he's a big chance for that as well. Um, obviously, him, Tom Mitchell. Um, Yep, good chance. Um, yeah, so a favourite player. Um, yeah, that's mine. Who Who's yours? I'm not sure at the moment. There's, uh, I've got a lot of love for a lot of them. I think it's got to be Clary. Um, I mean, not only is he such a joy to watch on the field, but he's uh, he's pretty funny off it as well. Um, you probably also follow his Instagram account where yeah. he often posts pictures of say, of him and the other midfielders, and then he writes this message of love um, <laughs> and puts the um, the smiling face with the hearts as eyes, <laughs> that emoji. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he really he loves Gus. Uh, he loves track. He loves Jack Viney and Max. And so I like that. Um, yeah. And I think there is a genuine, um, yeah. a real genuine bond between them. So we have to say... I'll just interrupt now. The yeah, Clary is on the bench. Um, let me, yes. Uh, re- let's uh, we'll wait till they do the. Uh, I just had to restart the um, the app going. So once they interview, I'll will break in for that. But well done to Clary. Uh, interchange. Brody Grundy, uh, Clayton Oliver, Sean Higgins, and Shane Edwards. Um, well done. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm relieved. Uh, relieved with that. Um, yeah, good on he deserves it. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. All right. So uh, in a sec, they're about to go. Oh, they're going to interview Brody Grundy first. So, um, but do, we'll wait. do you see those posts that he does yes, on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. No, I do see that. There, there seems to be <laughs> the love. hearts in the eyes. But, but between <laughs> all of them, the Brayshaw, Petraka, they, there's a genuine uh, love between <laughs> between them. Uh, <laughs> They certainly uh, love playing together, and you like seeing that uh, with with the team you support. So, um, yeah, uh, yep, it's great. Um, oh, so Maxie's interviewing Grundy. All right, that's an interesting one. Oh, wait a minute. Just got to refresh this uh, now. Um, so we're just going to go live. Oh, Brody, here we go. Um, you're definitely leading the styling. Um, he's looking very good. Um, look, it's been a great year for Ruckman, like I said, but um, I think personally Brody's stepped up his game to a level to a point where all Ruckman have got to start doing some stuff that we haven't done for years. So um, it's exciting that there could be a new sort of age of Ruckman coming. Your perspective? Um, yeah, I, I definitely uh, I definitely would say that um, we'll reiterate what Max is saying and I think um, I'd I suppose that both of us impact games in, in different ways. Um, so some of the things that Maxi does is uh, pretty tough to 
to replicate and, and I, I suppose some of the ground level stuff that I do, I suppose Maxi um, might find that difficult. So oh, thanks, um, mate. I really enjoy playing against him and um, I look forward to battling it out in the years to come. So what does he do that troubles you, Max, when you play against Brody? Um, he hasn't missed a game. Uh, sometimes when I play Collingwood, I wish he wasn't out, 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 <laughs> out there, but he's played every single game since he's almost debuted. So um, he's durable, but he can run. Um, he's strong. Um, you said, I mean, you've probably been quite polite to me, but the ruck work stuff, Brody's terrific at that as well. Um, you can see that's why Collingwood mids are doing so good. So, um, yeah, he's just, like I said, he's, he's stepped up his game and it's where Rucks have got to get, get to get to now. Do you take a sense of pride, Brody, in being more than just the tap, tap Ruckman, being able to cover the ground and influence in lots of different ways? Yeah, I suppose um, ever since I came into the, the competition, I, I never wanted to be a player that um, you know, is just one-dimensional and the players that I looked up to coming in were the, you know, the calibre of guys like Dean Cox who were able to get around the ground and impact the game in um, not just one, uh, one dimension, I suppose. So that's what I pride myself on. And at times I think um, Bucks can uh, pull his hair out a little bit because I'm just sort of running around like a headless chook. But um, I like to think that I, uh, I contribute more than I uh, probably <laughs> play out a role more than... I, I, I suppose I'm more than... I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, we don't, mate. And get this clown the, off. The demands on you, Max. Where, We're where just talking to Max to as well. How hard you're so. prepared to work out. It's become a real feature of your game. Do you pride yourself on that? Yeah, I mean, Brody said he admired Dean Cox. I was probably more Peter Street and Spider Burden. Um, <laughs> two terrific ruckmen that are incredibly tall, over 208 centimetres. So, um, obviously, the demands of the game uh, is, is very high and you've got to be as fit as you can and um, there's some good aerobic beasts coming in. So I probably wasn't at that level a couple of years ago, so I needed to get fitter. I did that, and I've been able to run a little bit better this year. What's your honest opinion of the pesky second ruckman who has no business being in the ruck whatsoever when they come in to compete with you? Um, yeah, I, I suppose, um, from my point of view, I suppose Max's point of view as well, um, uh, right. You know, I think we pride ourselves on, on being that number one ruckman and, and love um, that res- the responsibility that... That, that get to Clary. <laughs> we'll uh, yes. come back when they when they uh, get to when they get to Clary. But um, yeah, uh, rap for Clary. Uh, you know, how, how many? What's his, his third year? Uh, you know, he's pretty young. Pretty yep. young, uh, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be there. Uh, be there for a while to come. Are they going to talk to him next? Uh, I was talking to Sean Higgins, but yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, uh, All Australian, we've talked about finals, tickets, fiascos, um, injuries. Um, They said... uh, We played two men down for, you know, the better part of the game. Yeah, so it just shows often, you know, I see... um, uh, players go down for other teams. You have two two down, and you think, "Oh, ripper!" But look what Sydney did to us with two men down. Look what we've done to GWS, two men down. So it's not always <laughs> it doesn't always work in your favour. Um, and I thought it was a good idea playing Max down forward uh, in the last quarter rather than giving that rest on the bench. Uh, I thought that was a good move by um, uh, good management move by uh, by the coach um, when he did that. Yep. Uh, about to talk but to. We, uh, considering we'd played in Perth um, and done the travel, and it had been a warm day in Perth, 
the ability to run out the game, uh, two men down and come out after half time and, and put the pedal to the metal. Yeah. It was to very impressive. Talking to Clara. of celebrating too hard. Uh, but it is exciting, isn't it? You're the baby of the group. How do you feel? Um, yeah, it's obviously it's a math, massive privilege to be here. Um, yeah, very excited. And for all these bunch of unbelievable players, yeah, it's a good feeling. Clayton, when I was 21, I had a bowl-cut hairdo and I used, drove a Holden Barina with a racing sticker up the side. You're an All-Australian. How does, how does that feel? Can you capture that for us? Um, yeah, it's a pretty good feeling, but I think, I think my car's too much better than yours. I've got a Mazda 3, it's got a fair few tints in it, so... <laughs> <laughs> I fix that oh, no, it's better, mate. It's definitely better. Well yes. done, mate. Well deserved. Thanks, that. You've had a super year. Well done, buddy. Shame, we've got <laughs> The interchange uh, players don't, don't really get much of an interview. Right. That's one question. He did well, though. That was a good laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, wrapped, uh, wrapped that uh, both he and Maxi got in, um, got in the team. Um, Do you think anyone... Uh, what about Nev? Some people said Nev was unlucky to miss out. I don't think so. No, no, I think he had a quiet sort of uh, first half of the year. Look, he does his job almost week in, week out, um, and he's done some spectac- he had some spectacular games and spectacular shutdown jobs. Uh, but I think his year of the whole last year uh, was, was, far, was far superior. And um, I, I think he was, was unlucky. Thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he was unluckier last year. Uh, yep. To miss out than he is this year to miss out, but um, look, it would have been the backline in the first few weeks was still adjusting to Lever. Yep, and they were all a bit, um, uh, yeah, that took a while, and then there was a couple of weeks when Lever left, where everyone had to readjust again. So, um, as a whole, I, th- I think you're right. Last year was uh, was better for both Hibbert and Cheddar overall. Yeah, most uh, most definitely. Um, so they've got the. Um... They got the Legends game on this week uh, in lieu of not uh, not having any footy on. Um, I, I saw an interesting thing posted on Twitter. I think from Ashley Brown during the week that he thought that um, um, the Brownlow should be um, done this week rather than the week before um, the Granny. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yep. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, it sort of gives the opportunity for interstate players to come down like they've done for tonight, um, put something on on that week off. Uh, you know, I've got no real interest in the EJ Whitten game. Um, so what, it would have been the, uh, Friday night. the Monday? Or no, a Friday. Like they, he two, said, two nights ago? Or? No, he said Friday night, as in uh, this coming Friday oh. night. Uh, have a prime time thing. I guess you could do it any night. You could do it the Thursday night, you know, as in tomorrow night. Um uh, maybe the Monday, uh, no, well, Monday's probably sometime over the weekend or sometime during this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether people would sort of stay home on a Friday night to watch the Brownlow. Yeah. Uh, I think it night. does well on a work night because you're already at home and it takes forever. So, yeah, Clint Biscuit um, agrees with it in the chat room. Oh yes, very good. Yeah, it should be. Should, I, I think it's, there's there's a case to be there's a case to be made. Um, I'm yep. just actually posting something to the Demoland Instagram uh, page as we talk. Uh, multitasking. Um, uh, so yeah, um, we'll we'll talk about the Legends game. Is there any? I haven't looked at anything for it uh, this week. Is there any um, any XDs? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, if anyone can enlighten Adam us, Adam Uze's played. I don't know whether it was last year, but played 
well, recently-ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Robbo, I don't know, does Robbo still get around in that? I don't know. You would think uh, Robbo would love to play in that type of thing. I know he, he played footy this year, Robbo, um, I think. I'm sure I saw some Facebook oh. posts of his. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, well, I saw Brad Green at the footy this week. He still looks uh, fit. Uh, <laughs> and it hasn't been great uh, seeing a whole lot of uh, ex... We talked about it last week, the reactions of some of the ex-Ds uh, uh, thereabouts um, uh, reacting to us getting into the finals. But it was great to see in our section where we sit, um, there were quite a few... Um, you know, ex uh, ex demon players yep. there. They obviously, inv- I think that it seemed like they invited players who had played in our last, um, you know, our last final series. Were all there? Um, we yes. invited to the president's lunch. Um, yeah, it's great to see some of the old, including demons the reverend, out, including the reverend, um, which was great to see him there as well. And I saw he had a there. smile on his face, didn't he? Yeah, there was a picture on uh, social media, and uh, you know, he'd be wrapped with it all as well. So. Um, Yep. Um, He'd be you know, loving at the ref. Yep. Yeah, it's good to see that. Uh, but Schwarter and his son were in the rooms pre-game, so it's good for good for that. We've got yeah, to... You don't see that often. Um, Schwartz is a bit disconnected from the club a bit, isn't he? I know he's he's obviously the patron of the cheer squad, but sort of officially, he's always been kept his distance, I suppose. So, yeah, good to see him back in the rooms. And yeah. <clears throat> we spoke about that video last week of, uh, and we've got, um, you know, watching us uh, against West Coast. We've got a caller on the line. Good evening. Um, who am I talking to? Uh, good evening, fellas. It's Ben Man. Oh, Ben Man. Welcome back uh, to the Demon Land Podcast. Ben Welcome back to the Demon Land Podcast. Yeah, G'day fellas, it's, uh, I've, um, I've got a um, hoodoo thing, I've called in with one each week, so I didn't want to uh, break that at all. All right. So a reverse yeah, hoodoo. That's right, you, you now need to call in uh, up until the uh, grand final, so um, yeah, uh, uh, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, a couple of things, the, um, uh, well the game, but first of all I just wanted to touch on um, something you said about the kicking the players looking inboard. And Melksham, for instance, and Petraka, and um, and I have a debate with a mate of mine about exactly that issue. And um, it's a, I think it's a real modern phenomenon, and it's sort of influenced a lot by basketball and um, perhaps soccer, but basketball, which is all about percentages and taking percentage shots and crossing from the into the corridor, is clearly the percentage play, and it's frustrating when it doesn't come off. But um, it's so clearly a team rule um, that. You know, Petrarca did yep. one on the weekend where it was a bit, seemed a bit stupid, like it would have been almost easier to kick the goal, but he elected to cross into the centre from, I don't know, 20 metres, sort of stabbing past to Tom McDonald. Um, yep. But it's clearly drilled into them that the team play is to go inboard. Um, I mean, there was even a few on Saturday where at least three or four where they were 40, 50 metres out, Harms did it, Melksham did it, where they actually ended up shooting for goal. But their first instinct was to almost get it off, and um, they all, you know, you're worried that they're going to get called play on. Um, but I think it comes down to percentages and the team rule, and they're they're all bought into Goodwin's uh, rules and the plan. You can just see it's such a collective effort. Um, it is frustrating sometimes when they miss the pass, um, but I guess partly you're assuming that they would kick the goal. But the percentage play is definitely the the short part, or looking yeah. for that path anyway. And that. Is- 
maintains the accuracy that we've generally had for the past, well, two or even three years because they do get the ball into, a, as you say, a high percentage position, so um, much better to capitalise. I guess it's just frustrating. It's a decision-making thing where, um, yeah, and you get annoyed when you think they should be having a shot and they go inboard, as you say. Yeah, look, I, no, I agree with that. And I think, though, there's a lot to be said for this sort of, I think it's easy to forget where we're at, but, uh, you know, it's a truism in football that players really hit their strap 50 to 100 games, 50, 60, 70 games. And we're getting a whole lot of those players into that zone now. Um, and when they do, they start to make those decisions. So, you know, they calculate that percentage when to break the rule, I guess, for want of a better word, and when not to. Um, and, you know, Melksham's brilliant at it. He's just fantastic at it. And I think it's, um, you know, I think that, they're all bought into our, our way of playing, um, and I think that you know we're reaping the reward. And the other thing I was going to say is, I mean, that, that was an awesome game on uh, Sunday. As good a game of footy that Melbourne's played in, geez, you know, I don't want to gild the lily, but it seemed like a long, long time since we've played that comprehensively well. Yeah, it's, how long has it been since we've been that exciting? I mean, for me, you have to go back to '94. Um, in terms of sort of talent and excitement level. Obviously, there were some, you know, some great times in the early 2000s, but for mine, um, you know, we're high-scoring, um, we're tough and uncompromising, so it's a pleasure to watch, um, I've got to say. No, totally agree. I mean, it's just thrilling football to watch. I thought the first half was, particularly the sort of first quarter and a half, is it was a great game of footy to watch. They were fantastic, and they were, you know, playing to their strength with their, um, you know, their elite field kicking most of the time. But you could see partway through that second quarter, we just started to grind them, and they were making those errors. And um, there were some crucial misses. The, the, um, uh, I think it was Cameron missed after getting a really dubious 50 metre kick, a 50 metre penalty, penalty, and then the two late in the um, second quarter which meant that we went into half-time with a 14-point lead. Now, I still think we would have rolled over the top of them, but they could have easily been level or ahead, and it would have felt an injustice because we definitely had the better of that second quarter. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that we're the number one team for forward half. Is it intercepts or turnovers? Um, so, that yeah, that pressure is, uh, as you say, it, um, it eventually strangles, strangles teams. Then the other thing that I think that we've really um, improved in, and you could see it in our game. I mean, they if we'd let them off the chain with not the, the sort of gut running to cover that tic tac, you know, the open player, um, you know, we would have been in trouble against them. And we've really improved that after the Sydney game. Goodwin was ropeable about not doing that, um, and we've been brilliant in the, the two weeks since. Um, where I was sitting in the stand on, was right on the wing and normally I'm in the top of the Ponsford stand and the last couple of games I've been at the G with on the wing um, and I can see from where I'm sitting down into the dugout with my binoculars and they've got a little um, electronic, like a, I don't know what it is, like a iPad or something in front of the players and they've got um, information on there, like different things like ball in motion, all these strange sort of phrases, but they were tracking, they also track key statistics and the two key statistics they were tracking through the whole match were uncontested marks, how many marks um, GWS were getting that were uncontested, and the other one was um, contested possession. So in that third quarter, for instance, that 
about 10, 12 minutes into the quarter, we were already eight um, uh, contested possessions up. So, you know, we it, it's interesting that, that they're the two things that they obviously have a focus on. Um, but one of them so hang on, was the you could actually month. read the information on a computer screen that the players were looking at down on the bench. Yeah, and the, 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 in the Swan That's game incredible. as well. It's fascinating. And it, it has stuff like chaos ball, um, different things roll up on the screen, like they're obviously coded phrases. And I've no idea what they mean, um, except for the obvious ones where there's, like they've got two, usually got two key sort of statistics yeah. that they've got up there or contested ball. Well, you'd be tempted to look at that ho- the whole game. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, it's, actual, it's, yeah, and also they have the uh, clock, the countdown clock. Yeah. starts flashing with two minutes to go, flashing red. Wow. Um, so you can track, yeah, it was, uh, unfortunately, with the ticker texting, I couldn't get those <laughs> seats again, so... I wonder. I wonder who, uh, if that's a Melbourne thing or if that's uh, provided by the AFL. But obviously, with the code words, it seems like it is a demons uh, uh, thing. And I'm sure every team sort of has their own uh, thing. I've seen when players get injured, um, the medicos are looking at screens and iPads and you know rewinding footage and uh, playing it in slow motion to see uh, what's happened to a player. And um, yeah, it's really interesting the technical aspect and i'd pay a subscription to to have access to that on my phone actually yeah it's, amazing, what, it's definitely a melbourne thing absolutely a melbourne i mean they've all no, no doubt all the clubs have them but it's definitely a um i mean what was on it was definitely what we're talking about things like you know there's ball in motion was up a lot um chaos uh, then it's really strange things. We were joking at the end that once we got ahead that, you know, the pizza order should go up <laughs> on a, you know, two, two pepperonis with anchovies. And well, not, not you these... can watch the delivery driver make his way to the MCG. <laughs> not, not, not these days. <laughs> yeah. They'd be having... Uh... They'll be on strict diets. Um, it was funny. Uh, Super Mercado posted a, a picture on uh, Instagram of, um, I think it was Ricky Jackson after a game. It looked like maybe after a final might, might not have been. He's eating a pie and he has a beer beer right next to him. But I'm sure that's uh, that's not done anymore. No. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was that, uh, like, it was very impressive. Where I was sitting, Kent got hit right in front of me. And, uh, well, I was up on the sort of first level. And it was a big hit. He was out straight away. And um, and also Tyson, when he was off, I think from about the 20-minute mark of the second quarter. So Ty- uh, Kent was only four or five, or oh, maybe six or seven minutes into the game, I think. So we were down two pretty big rotations early on. Um, and they had the rotations up on, the, on this board as well. I think we, were, we had 30 less rotations than them, which is a lower 20 or something, uh, which is quite a lot... Um, so they, you know, they obviously, you know, there was a discussion on Demonland a few weeks ago about potentially, us, um, you know, maybe we're tapering and getting them fit, but they they look pretty fit, I have to say. Yep. Uh, yeah, look, uh, rotations were obviously down because um, of the, the two extra men uh, not present, uh, but um, I, I, that, I find that fascinating, those stats. You've got to feel mm. for Kent, don't you, because... Um, he wasn't great against West Coast, but he he finished really strongly, um, and he's you know he's been plagued by injury oh. for a long time now. And so to uh, to cop it, you know, when he really had a chance to uh, um, to nail a spot for the finals was uh, was really unlucky. Got a feel for him. 
Yeah. Oh, totally. And also for Tyson, I had the binoculars on Tyson at the um, three-quarter time break and he looked, he was out at the huddle. Kent never came back. He must have gone to hospital because he never... I, I, he may have come back. I think I saw it on the TV, but I couldn't see him from where I was sitting. But uh, Tyson looked devastated, the poor fellow. But yep. uh, having said that, they, they reckon he could be a chance to play, um, according to Misson's uh, reports uh, on that I saw on YouTube today. Um, yep. That's remarkable. Um, so, yeah, that's <laughs> good Good luck to him if he could get up for that. Um, but uh, if not, it seems like he, he'd be a chance to play the week after, if if there isn't a week after. If there is a week after. And, I mean, I think he's, look, he brings a lot to, I'm a Tyson fan, but I acknowledge, you know, he's, he had that sort of period where he, you know, he's definitely slow and gets caught, but he hasn't been getting caught. And he's been getting his hand free. And I think he's sort of a player, that contested ball player is so crucial, obviously, in finals. And, um, you know, he's been in pretty good form the last few weeks. I suspect that they'll be keen for him to play if he's up for it, for sure. Yeah, he's back. He was approaching his 2014 form. Um, so, yeah, unlucky too. Fingers crossed he, uh, uh, he's good for Friday week. Yeah, yep. agreed. Um, and they said as well in regards to Kent um, that it's possibly only a three-week injury. Three bit, but uh, mm. given the, you know, there's not a lot of games to go in the year, um, it's one week at a time uh, proposition for for us. Um, yeah, but how unlucky is he? Every time he comes back, he sort of gets something. There was, I think, it was a last year in the Anzac Day game. He did the um, did the hammy, and then he came back for a game or two and did his shoulder or AC or his um, collarbone. Um, the club left him in WA, and he had to make his own way home over the desert. <laughs> what was that? That was we for, saw. What was that for? Was that the drug? No, that was Clary with the. Clary was the drug test. Drug no, test, yeah. um, Kent was. Someone saw him on TV, and I don't know that there wasn't a pillow or something, and <laughs> doctors had commented that he wasn't getting proper treatment, which then grew into the club wasn't looking after okay. him, and he'd been left in the rooms on his own. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and this is the very time of year, so you don't want to miss a match, particularly if you're not a Viney or a, you know you're not a guaranteed 22. It's those players who. I mean, I thought Kennedy Harris was really good. He ran super hard. He put his body yeah. in when he needed to. His possession's very clean. Um, you know, so he took his chance. I mean, he may not keep his spot, but a Ken Hannett could come in for him and dominate, and you know, Kent may not even get back. So yeah. you know, tough. It is uh, can be cruel football. You you see um, with St Kilda that uh, Nathan Freeman, uh, you know how how much time he spent uh, off the field comes in, plays two games, gets dropped, and now gets delisted. So it can be a cruel game. The, the yeah. Sydney the Sydney player who had missed six years or whatever came in and did his knee uh, two weeks later. So yep, yeah, cruel. Yeah, um, and just the final thing I would wanted to say before I go the. Uh, like 94, I think, is a really good comparison in terms of the energy. We've got a combination of footy that they've been talking about since Ruse, this sort of combination of you know contested inside-out footy with, I think, the most exciting um, sort of scoring potential of any side in the league at the moment. I mean, no one at the moment can score goals as quickly as the Demons can. Uh, and when we click, when we get going and combine that sort of rolling... Um, sort of bulldozing style of play, 
um, then you know it's a really thrilling combination to watch, and you just get the feeling with that momentum, two big wins, exactly the sort of wins that we needed to get um, if we could, you know, get into that Geelong game. I've just got the feeling that we could really get over the top of them and, you know, win for, you know, by forty odd points, um, and be, you know, set up for a pretty big game the following week, which is you'd think would be Hawthorne. Then we're on the right side of the draw. Um, we'll be yes. flipped to if Richmond win, they'll be on the other side. So. So uh, we'll talk about, we're going to talk about the road to the cup and may as well talk about it with you, Bin Man. Uh, what results do you want uh, to see? Uh, obviously, the Ds get up, but uh, would you want Collingwood to, to knock off the Eagles so we don't have that road through Perth? Uh, I, so I think if we win um, and Richmond win, we play Hawthorne. Yeah, but then um, uh, the week after is through Perth. The week after is either Perth or Collingwood. Yeah. Right. Well, definitely we want to stay home. So we definitely um, would prefer to stay at the G, wouldn't we? Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's my But, preference. you know, I don't think – I think we've travelled. So, I mean, did we – how many games this year did we lose in the state? Only one, I think. But it, port. West Coast, it's a fortress there, and I think it'll be uh, not that we can't beat them. We we did beat them a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I'd prefer to play. Uh, I think I'd prefer to play Collingwood uh, at the G, um, than go back there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I think we're in the position now. Like even sort of, I mean, it's hard to be objective, of course, but um, you know, of anyone. Even Richmond, I mean, if all the sort of clubs look at the team they would least like to play, where the floater in that draw that says, well, you don't really want to play Melbourne because we're the team, if we get hot, we can roll over the top of anyone. Richmond's had our measure because I think that they, of course, match us in the um, competed ball stake. But I think what, you know, Goodwin's been right. It's said all season that it's a very long season. And you'll note that he's been talking about this idea of now we're in a second season. It's a new tournament. It's like it seems to be a language that's coming into footy. Um, but he made a point early in the season that tactics sort of shift over to like a six or seven game cycle. Um, and, you know, Rich, Richmond have struggled, tact- well, not tactically, but other teams have clogged up, the, have gone through the centre of the corridor um, in the last couple of games against them and had some success. So, you know, that, with all Goodwin and um, his brains trust has had two seasons to work out Richmond. And, you know, I think his tactical mouse has been underrated, really. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, and look, I would have loved if Frio could have done the job on Collingwood, and I thought early on in the last quarter they might. Uh, it would have been uh, it's a moot point now, but it would have been great to have a free hit at Richmond. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there was talk about you wouldn't want that, but surely you I would. The, the, always want the double chance. If you got that double chance and get a free hit at Richmond to go into a prelim, uh, I'd love that. But obviously, <laughs> it's a moot point. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Actually, I wasn't too fast, and I'm quite happy with the path that's ahead of us. Um, even uh, even taking into account the double chance, um, I, I think we're I think we're really good to make it to week three, um, and then yeah, it depends. I think we'd, we'd struggle to to get a repeat win over in Perth, but Collingwood at the G would be a different proposition. Can you imagine that yeah, uh, yeah. Collingwood Melbourne prelim? Uh... We're getting way ahead of ourselves, but uh, wouldn't that be yeah, fantastic? Yeah, Tech better get their act together <laughs> for that one. 
<laughs> How did you go with uh, tickets? Did you have? Did you struggle? Uh, oh yeah, we had um, a bit of a nightmare. We did eventually get them. Um, much a friend of mine sort of spent hours on the phone. Actually, got tickets, but he wanted better tickets and called up the next day to see whether he could get better tickets. And they said, "Well, you can swap." Um, and they he tried to, but he feels like that whole process meant that he couldn't get a crack at the good tickets today. So mm. we're up on the in the Olympic stand, which on the top deck, but close to the front, which is not too bad. Yeah, it's not too not too bad uh, in the front rows of that. Uh, <laughs> as you get higher up and higher up, uh, you will need those binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, and I, we, I don't want to go back over the tape or anything, but I called this quite a few weeks ago, if you remember, Andy. I said it might have been around the time of the Port Adelaide loss, and I said that we'd still have another bad loss or two, but that we'd finish the season strongly, and it's come to pass. So I'll just take a little bit of credit for that. Just repeat that uh, for B-Man, uh, Grapeviney. No, I was just saying that uh, without going back over the tape, I think I called this quite a while ago. might have been after the the Port Adelaide loss. I said that we'd have another bad loss or two, but that we'd finish the season strongly, and it's come to pass. Yeah, no, you did... Well, you've been on the money. You did say that, and you you did correctly say that there would be other upsets as well when I was sort of stressing about the uh, ladder predictors and thinking that North Melbourne's just going to waltz into the finals uh, based on their draw. You you did say there were going to be upsets, and yep, there were. So uh, maybe we need to listen to you a little bit more, uh, Great Barney. <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> well, after that Geelong yeah. loss, I was just devastated. I, I couldn't see us making the finals. Uh, uh, when I looked further ahead and saw West Coast in West Coast, and um, you know GWS, I didn't think we'd have a chance. Um, but look at look at us. I reckon we've played some of our best footy in a long, long time. So you can recover from bad losses, but we're in the uh, pointy end of the season now. And we can't afford a bad loss, so uh, got to play like the last two weeks. Well, as I mentioned last week, credit where credit's due is Goodwin got us up after um, the Geelong game, after that devastating loss. That was yep. one of the worst loss in recent memory. I mean, to go to Adelaide and win over there yep. when they still had a live chance for the finals, to play poorly against Sydney and not, you know, take our opportunity to make the finals and travel to Perth and win there yep. um, is a fantastic credit to his ability to get them up. But I, I mean, one thing that... I really like about Goodwin is that he emphasised and was criticised for it even on Demonland. For he emphasised the positive. He wasn't negative about either of those losses, particularly the Geelong game. I mean, he made a point of saying we out we had more scoring shots than, than in the last, which was true. And of course, we let them get a run on. But he emphasised the positive. And when you hear, you know, the the players in their post match interviews and they repeat that mantra. And you know, I remember Harms was criticised for being two up after, I think, the Sydney loss, where he, you know, that's, I think, what Goodwin is emphasising is, you know, what we've done well, and you keep going back to the game plan. I think they've got such faith in in their game plan is that their approach is we've got our way, way of playing and other teams have to adjust to our way of playing and, and we'll have faith that our way of playing will, will get the job done. Yep. Yep, I absolutely agree. So, um, anything else, uh, Bidman? And, and that thread, yeah. that thread, the criticising, you know, the thread questioning Goodwin. Yeah. Um, yeah, people ought to be embarrassed with some of the stuff that's been written in that thread. Um, 
Yeah, I don't read. Uh, even I don't after read. the well, particularly losses. now. Um, well, surprisingly, um, it's gone very quiet in there, um, and I noticed that some of the negative nillies have, uh, you know, have quietly crept back onto Demon Land. I good to see, big man, that you were able to hold Doctor D to account. <laughs> um, who well, he still hasn't changed his avatar, though. I have to say. What's his avatar? <laughs> Well, I, the bet was that um, we'd make the finals and that I would get to choose his avatar uh. and vice versa if, <laughs> um, if we made it. And it was a few weeks ago. And his avatar that I've chosen um, for him is um, uh, Mark Neal, that sort of scowling face of Mark Neal because, you know, he's a Melbourne person sort of, um, but not universally loved and fairly negative. <laughs> so, uh, so, all right. So did he make this bet uh, with you and is, is he welched on the bet? I made the no, bet. He just, well, he the just bet, disappeared. He accepted the bet. He accepted it. All right. Well, because as an administrator of Demonland, I, I can force avatar changes. <laughs> but uh, well, maybe give him a little bit of time. Maybe he's taking time to adjust. But he did. He did post quite a bit today. So I did uh, chase him down a little bit and and uh, thread him back to. No, I think he changed picture it of Mark Neal. So. He had changed it late afternoon. Okay. What to the? Oh, terrific! Great. <laughs> well done, Doctor D. <laughs> The thing is, he only came back onto the board like today or yesterday. So since the West Coast game, he's been missing. Um, and he had the temerity to write in the trade Hogan thread that he's got so many runs on the board and that he called Jack Watts and Fair Ingham. You didn't have faith that we we're going to make finals and you're boasting about how many runs you've got on the board. Yeah, look, I, anyway. I, yeah, look you got to be able to admit when, you, when you're wrong. <laughs> and, uh, we all yeah. barrack for Melbourne, so why would you run away from the board? You just say, you know what, I, I was wrong. I didn't think we'd make it, and we did. And uh, it's a grand old flag. And life. Yeah, anyway, each to their own. Well, uh, just the very last thing for me is that, oh, that trade Hogan thread, oh. you know, like... I don't know what people are thinking. I mean, the only reason we're not going to trade Hogan for a star. Why would we? You don't trade. You're never going to get someone as good as him. He's a star. He's an out and out star. And I don't, I can't, you know, there's no point arguing otherwise. The only scenario I could see is if he chooses to leave, just like McGovern was choosing to leave Adelaide, apparently with three years on his contract, you know, well, if he leaves, then you're not going to keep him. If he says, I want to go back to Perth, but come on, why would he want to go to Fremantle? They just got beaten by a gazillion points. You know, they've got Lyon who's coaching, you know, the players, it's so overestimated this thing about we can go for a contract. You win a grand final, you're going to put a few zeros on your your lifetime income. So, you know, if he wants to leave, yeah. he wants to leave. But it's just ridiculous to suggest us would be even thinking of trading him. John Ralph reported tonight that he'd spoken to Jesse's manager. He's got no interest in going back. He's just got his licence, apparently. So right. he get down to the coast where he loves to go and surf. And the other thing that people forget is Jesse's quite shy, and I don't think he likes being in the limelight. Now, all right, it's, you're in Melbourne, so you're, you're under the spotlight a bit, but it's not the same as being in Perth, which is a two-club town and is crazy about their footy. I mean, he'd be much more in the limelight if he went back home. Um, oh, totally. So just, yeah, it does make sense at any level. And you're talking about a player who midway through the year was on track for All-Australian and described by Matthew Lloyd, actually, as the um, probably the best player in the competition at that juncture. 
Now, admittedly, he um, lost form for a couple of weeks, but I'm with you. The guy's a star, and it's absurd to consider uh, trading him, um, even though I've got faith that the weed's going to come on and also be a very good forward. Well, I mean, you could have him. He's fit enough to be... I mean, people are talking about Wiedemann being a centre-half forward. He's going to play deep full forward and come out from the square and have Hogan as a sort of roaming centre-half forward like um, David Schwartz. It's a brilliant combination. Yep. Do you think we would play the three of them, uh, Hogan, uh, Tommy and uh, Sam, in the same team? Uh, Goody did it a well, few absolutely. times. Absolutely. They tried the early on in the year, didn't they? The three of them yep. played, was it, I'm sure, the first game of the year, year or at least, yeah, why not? I mean, they're all I think mobile it was a few enough. games. Yeah. Definitely, the St Kilda. But it happened. Yep. Yeah. Do Do you think? Um, uh, do you think we would do it now, uh, given that Sam's uh, in form now? Because they stopped doing it because Sam wasn't sort of performing. They went back to the twos. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I guess another another moot point because Jesse's not playing for the rest of the year. But we'll see what happens next year. I think next year, round one, they're all fit. All three of them will be in that forward line and try matching up on that. You'll need you'll need players who are six four, six five who have got the aerobic cap- capacity to match Tom McDonald and Hogan, and the height to match a fella who's going to be six five and one hundred kilos in Wiedemann. I mean that's a, a nightmare for um, opposition coaches. So they, they will for sure. And then you've got Gorn who can push forward, who did on Saturday, so uh, on Sunday I should say. So that's a frightening you know combination, and that you know they'll absolutely play together if they um, are all fit. Yeah. Like Plenty it. of room, especially on the G with Jesse Rowe. Right, fellas, uh, I'll, uh, you know, uh, I wind. won't donate any more time. Thanks. Go Dees. Go Hopefully, um, um, you know, if we win, I'll call him next week because, you know, we wouldn't want to uh, break a good thing. Well, we're not playing this week, so um, hopefully Casey, oh, Casey sorry, can yes, get that's up. that's right. Well, mate, I won't call next week, <laughs> but a week after. No problem, mate. Uh, good to hear from you, and, uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing you after our next win. Yeah, go days. Go days. That was uh, Bin Man uh, joining us uh, once again. If you do want to call us, uh, 03 Um You can join us just like Bin Man joined us. Um, what did you think of the jumpers we wore on the weekend? Just before the jumpers, yeah. isn't that incredible that Bin Man could see what was happening yeah. on the bench like that? <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I'd love... Absolutely fantastic. I'd love, love to get that. a look at that. Yeah. Obviously, they're not going to share that with uh, supporters nor opposition. No. Uh, so that's... Uh, but it's interesting. They might have to get... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. You can get for your iPhones. Um, you can get these screen protectors that uh, you can't yeah. look over someone's yep. shoulder or from the side. You can only, if you're looking at it front on... Um, so perhaps they need to employ that type of technology <laughs> to stop uh, opposition coaches with their binoculars having a look at the uh, the thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's almost worth alerting the club to that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that someone can do that is extraordinary. Well, and the club would not want that uh, would not want that information to be seen by anyone. Yeah, you can buy those things. That I'm sure they're using sort of iPad or, or, or tablet technology and you can buy those uh i know you can for iphones definitely uh, uh my old man's got one um uh so you p- 
definitely buy it for an iPad. So if anyone from the club is listening to this podcast, uh, get onto that ASAP. We don't need uh, anyone having a, a little sneaky peek at um, at our tactics. Um, Let's we, hope Binman doesn't take the information that he's got and approach Geelong with some sort of <laughs> secret backroom deal, which he could probably make a fortune from. I think Binman is a demon man through and through, and I don't think he'd be doing that. Um, don't Make Me Angry um, is on the line. Did you get permission from your missus uh, to make a call this week? <laughs> oh, no. Well, I've, um, I'm, I'm away here and pretending to be asleep. She's um, <laughs> She's uh, she's just talking to somebody, talking to a friend. But um, so you're hiding, yeah. you're hiding the call uh, from your missus. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not really. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, I'm, I've been, I've been trying not to be angry um lately. Well, what could you be angry about? Really, oh, oh, just some. We're making finals, you know, and everybody's firing, and Jones is playing. You know, last couple of games he's played. He's back to his old form, I reckon, Nathan Jones, in the last couple of games. And we still get some people going, oh, we should drop Jones, and I don't know who they think is going to come in for him. Um, who I said we should drop Jones? I wouldn't drop Jones. I think he's doing uh, he's doing a great job. Um, plus, his leadership, uh, you, can, you can't drop him. <laughs> who, who is, no, no, who, that's what I think. Who's saying that? But there's no Sorry, who's who in particular on uh, on Demonland is saying? Uh, can we name names? I was on the um, uh, the uh, the importance of Jordan Lewis thread. I can't remember who it was, but I did respond back to him, and he's like, "Oh, everybody's so blind about Jones. He makes so many mistakes. He drops the ball, and you know, he gave away that you know that turnover late in the game when he that handball, but he wasn't. He just dished it off, and they." And GWS kicked the goal out of that, that, that passage of play. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And look, that's going to happen. Not every handball's going to be slick. If he was doing that every time he got the ball, then yeah. But the one-off, um, you can't yeah. hang him for that. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know the bias. There's so many bias sort of people. You know, they, um, when somebody's got a bias against somebody, and said, oh, he's only in the team because... Because he's stuck with us, so you know he's no good. He's no good. He should be dropped. You know, retired and uh, and that. But um, you know, sometimes you know he has gone missing. You know, when we've in crucial games in the last quarters. But even the Sydney game, he almost got us over the line. Where you know he kicked one goal in the last quarter, and the other one he kicked out in the full. He nailed that one. I think we might have just gone over the top of Sydney, and then. You know, he kicked one of the ceiling sort of goals against... It wasn't a ceiling goal, but it would put us about 45 points up against GWS, and that was pretty much, you know, the end of the game when he kicked that goal, Jones. Um, but I reckon that was, that, that's was that got to be actually our best win of the year, round 23, don't you think? Because we were two rotations down for most of the game, for at least half the game, and Kent was out in the first five seconds. Poor bloke, he never can. Every time he is going to cement his place in the side, he gets himself injured, doesn't he? Poor yeah, Mr. Kent. Can't take a trick. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, he can get uh, himself back in, but it's going to be hard to get back into that team, particularly with, um, you know, Hannon back and Viney's going to be back. Um, you know, so, you know, it's just bad luck. A bad break. Yeah. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, what else? Uh, what, what made you? What else made you happy rather than angry? 
Oh, um, oh, just it's just just yeah, and this team is just. Oh, I think. Um, oh, just the the digs on Petrarca. People having a dig at Petrarca, you know. I don't think people like anybody that has a bit of a. Um, a lot of people don't like people that are happy, and Petrarca is a happy sort of a fella, you know. And I think people don't don't like that sort of a don't like that sort of um, you know. Oh, you can't be brash. You got to be you got to be robots. But um, Petrarca, uh, he should have kicked probably. He could have kicked five. There was a couple of times he should have just uh, had a shot, and then that that mark and that quick snap that he did. Maybe he should have, you know, he had to take his time on that one. Yeah, there were a few times. I don't think he's got any confidence with those set shots. Yeah, I think I think if you have a look at his set set shot stats, uh, they're they're not great. So I think it's a confidence thing with him, and I think he does. Uh, if he's forty plus out, he always looks to dish it off. Um, but yeah, I'd like him to take his shots. Um, but confidence—that's you know—doesn't have the confidence. Um, I can understand. Yeah. I wonder he's going to kick his five or six, and um, I, you know, the, the stupid threat. Oh, you know, Petrarca in a rut, but I think he's been pretty consistent. He's pretty pretty good, you know, getting these, you know, sixteen twenty possessions a game, a goal here and there, and he does a lot of. He, he's one of the number one um, pressure act players in the side. Uh, it's one of actually his biggest attributes is pressure acts. In the forward half, and um, yeah, yeah I, think... I don't know who you just reckon should come in to replace Ken. I, I think um, Garlett might. I would like him to come back in because I think he kicked four goals in the VFL. I think he might. He might be that. He might provide something special. I don't know whether his his heart's in it or not, but I think he might. You know, if his, his heart's in it, he can provide something special, uh, Mister Garlett. Well, it seems like there's a bit of a pecking order uh, at the moment, and if Hannon's fit, it looks like he's probably the net, the guy to come in for that. Uh, Great finding. What do you think? Uh, sorry, I just tuned out for a moment there. <laughs> I, I was looking at pictures of Max Gorn <laughs> and Clary at the All Australian. Um, uh, the, the question is, um, in terms of Kent, who comes in for who comes in for Kent uh, injury? Is that is that Garlett, who's had uh, the form of three or four goals in the twos, or Hannon? It's is Hannon, fit? isn't it? Is, well, I was just saying we've got a bit of a. It yep. seems there's a bit of a pecking order, and it seems like Hannon's the one. So. Yep. You, you, uh, look, I, I like Jeffy, and I think he can add something. But I've also seen him do nothing in a game, and uh, unfortunately, this year there's been a lot more of that than there has been the um, stuff like he did against Brisbane in round two. Um, last year he had a great year, but uh, this year he hasn't been able to replicate that uh, on a consistent basis. No, yeah, I, I think agree with that. Something must be not going right in his life at the moment. Um, I think he might have had somebody die in his family last year, and his his form, I think, might have dropped off from that point. These things do affect players. I think he might um, have lost his passion a bit. I think he did lose a family member last year, and I reckon his form might have dipped about that time last year. Well, that was around, look, we can't, uh, obviously, we can't uh, know that for sure, but I think it was around the Port Adelaide game last year, and I think he had gone, someone had passed away, a family member or something, he went he went during the week to a funeral, but then came back, and I think he had an, he kicked a couple of goals in that game, so I don't know. 
uh, look, that's something we can't know. So, um, yep. Yeah. Anything else, yeah. uh, Mr. Angry? Oh, um, yeah, the, um, yeah, the, I just keep on, you know, that hailed son, you know, first thing we win without Jesse Hogan and, or Jesse Hu, you know, they're bringing up the stats with Jesse Hogan, 71 games, where our winning percentage is like 40%. Without Hogan, you know, 16 games, our winning percentage is 60%. That's but a- you're comparing 70 games to 16 games, and don't forget, his first 40 games, we only won, um, I think, in his first 40 games, we only won like um, 10 games in his first 40, you know, with Jess Hogan. So those sort of stats can be, um, you can use, what did I say about stats? Lies, damn lies, and straight out lies. Um, you can make stats say whatever you want them to make, whatever you want them to say. So so you're saying the stats were saying that uh, we're better off without Hogan. Is that what they're claiming? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's what the stats are showing on thing. But you're comparing seventy games to sixteen games. You know that can that you know it's not a fair yeah, comparison. Yeah. Uh, like he, he like him since he you know made his debut, he's missed. He's played seventy one games and he's missed sixteen. Um, and you know we've won quite a few. We've got a good percentage when winning of when he's out of the side. But you know it can be skewed a bit there because you're comparing seventy games to sixteen games, which um. You know, it doesn't give you a fair flair ref, um, reflection on um, how the side goes. Having said, uh, having, I agree with you. But having said that, uh, I think we've performed quite well the last um, the last two weeks without him. Um, I don't think you would say, "Oh, well, we really missed uh, Jesse Hogan." You know, could have done better with him in the team. Um, and that's not to say I think yeah. we should trade him or anything, but I'm just saying we haven't missed him, and that's probably a credit uh, to the team uh, as a whole and our ability to be able to um, move things around uh, and still be successful and play well like we have the last couple of weeks without him. Well, that's an that, um and our development that Wiedemann's been able to come in and play. If Wiedemann hadn't played well in the last couple of weeks, we might have missed it more, but he's... Not replaced Hogan, but no. he's, he's played his role very well. So that's, you know, uh, but in the long run, I'd rather have Hogan in the side coming into the finals than having Hogan not in the finals, don't you reckon, fellas? Yeah, well, of course, but he's he's not there, so we've got to make do. And, um, yeah. Anything else? But, um, you know what? I don't mind us playing interstate. I reckon we've got a better chance of making the grand final. Playing in Perth on preliminary final and then Collingwood at the MCG, I reckon we've got a better chance of. I don't fear going anywhere, as yeah. long as we. I reckon this game now is probably our hardest game for the finals unless we play Richmond. But I think you're saying if we win this and Richmond beat Hawthorne, we're going to play Hawthorne in the second week if we beat Geelong. Yeah, so we play the loser. We if we do, if we win, uh, we play the loser of Hawthorne. Uh, uh, yeah. Play the loser of Hawthorne Richmond, um, and then yeah. then the well, it all depends uh, on who we. And then the if we win that one, the winner of Collingwood uh, West Coast. Yeah, I don't want. Are you saying oh, you like Collingwood to beat West Coast? But I don't 
want Collingwood to win ever. <laughs> well, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, I don't want. Them, I don't want to see them get. I don't want to see them have a chance to get in the grand final. I think this this top four is probably the weakest. Besides Richmond, I reckon the top four. This is the weakest top four I've seen in ever. Don't you reckon this is the weakest top four you've ever seen? Well, well it's Co- not a very strong top four. Collingwood have only beaten one team in the top eight. They, there was a lot of talk about the Demons not having beaten top eight teams. We've now beaten uh, two. We just lost uh, two against Geelong. Um, we were comprehensively beaten by the other, well, Sydney, you can say. Uh, you know, we just lost to them. Uh, but, you know, the Hawthorne, Richmond, um, Collingwood comprehensively beat us. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I think, you know, had results gone away, the other way in a few other games, we would be top four. But, um, yeah, I can see what you're saying about Collingwood definitely in there. And um, yeah, six weeks ago, no one was, th- people thinking Hawthorne might not make the finals. So, um yeah, they've fallen. Yeah, because normally when you've got a top four, at least three out of the top four are, you know, the best top three sides in the competition. But the top three is not the best three. You know, fifth or sixth could easily, you know, fifth, sixth, and um, could easily be in that top. Sydney could be in the top four. We could be in the top four. So yeah. it's a very um, even, even top six. It's an even top eight. Well, it's <laughs> probably good. But... Uh, anybody could be anybody in their day in that top eight. It's even top eight I've ever seen, I reckon I've ever seen. It's probably a good thing for us. For, a long time. for us, then uh, <laughs> that's that might work to our advantage. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, all I want to see us win is at least one beat Geelong because that that would just make my day. And then if we play Hawthorne, if we could beat Geelong and Hawthorne, that would. And I wouldn't care if we went to Perth and we got smacked by Perth. Um, West Coast, that wouldn't matter, just as long as we can be Geelong and um, Hawthorne. That's almost a premiership for me um, <laughs> to beat those two, because Geelong, oh, we could have we could have just, we could have finished them off, and I reckon Geelong after this year are going to slip, slip slip away. They're going to say, oh, you know, all the young players are stepping up, but I, I think Dangerfield, you know, I don't know whether he's made all Australian tonight, but he's not had not Indeed. anywhere near as good a season he's had in the last couple of years. And you know, Joel Selwood's getting a bit older, and Ablett's on his last legs. You know, so but you know what I like to see? I hope Viney plays, and what Viney has to do, the number one thing he has to do if he does play, is line up Gary Ablett. And as soon as Gary Ablett gets the ball for the first time, he's got to drill him straight into the ground into his shoulder, and because um, I reckon Ablett will. He's got the scary eyes whenever he... Um, he's been lucky he hasn't played Viney this year. I reckon, <laughs> I reckon every time he plays us and Viney's playing, he's been a bit tentative. Well, let's, let's hope uh, that's, all, that's uh, the, way, the way things uh, pan out. All right. Um, don't make me angry. I think we might leave it there. Thank you very much for, for calling. And um, we'll probably... Yes, sir. I'm sure and, we'll speak um, to you. Yeah, go these. Yeah, go those demons. All right. Go these. That was uh, Don't Make Me Angry. Um, uh, just a couple of things before we go. Uh, do you like the jumpers we wore the other night? The other day? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. I think I've said before, I don't like the fact that there's so many <laughs> there jumpers and special jumpers. I wish we just wore our normal Guernsey more often, but uh, I, I did like it, yep. Yeah. Um, 
just a bit of housekeeping. Did you? Yeah, yeah, look, I, I liked it, uh, you know, but I, I agree with you. I think there's too many uh, alternate Guernseys uh, during the year. I, I like the Indigenous round. I think it's a nice touch. Obviously, we do the Pink Lady thing and, um, you know, that, that's the reason we do that and it's a good cause. Um, Anzac Day. Then there's the Anzac Day, which isn't too different to our normal Guernsey. Just no. a little thing, but... No. Um, yeah, I'd prefer to see us play um, in the in the good Guernsey. Yeah, um, Jimmy Tumpus was uh, delisted. Uh, any surprises uh, there? Only that it took so long to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, he's, uh, and, I, you know, I don't like... Um, in the thread, people sort of said, once a spud, always a spud. I don't like that sort of criticism and using that terminology... Uh, even for players who didn't make it and Tumpus clearly, uh, you know, didn't come good. But, um, yeah, look, some players uh, are just found wanting when it comes to, to um, the, you know, the most senior form of the game. He performed very well at Sandful level before he was drafted um, and was taken at number two for a reason. But for some players, it just doesn't work out and... Uh, as I say, I'm just surprised that it took so long at Port because he's hardly played no. really since he's been there, hasn't he? No, no. Um, so best of luck to him and hope that uh, whatever's up next, um, yeah, he has better better luck at. Well, I won't ask the question, did we make the wrong decision in <laughs> drafting him? I won't bring that up. I know how you feel on that subject. Um, I, I do agree. I, somebody pointed out that, you know, Wines is not a superstar. So, you know, um, he's a really good player, but I don't think he's got a lot of a lot of strings to the bow. Um, so, yeah, that's a long time ago now. You yeah. know, we've uh, <laughs> we've moved on since then, haven't we? <laughs> I think so. Um, uh, do you think anything else uh, you want to bring up? Anything else we need to discuss? No, I note that there's a Herald Sun story that someone's posted to the Hogan thread. Um, apparently, Jesse wants to win a flag with Melbourne. Oops. So, he uh, said, was that a not direct really? Was that a direct? That's from his management. Oh, from his yeah. management. Well, yep. Look, uh, not surprising really that a player wants to stay with a club that's finished fifth, as opposed to one that got beaten by twenty goals. Um, two weeks ago. Yeah, look, I don't think we would put his name up for, for trade. Uh, it would only be a case of if if he wanted to go back and by the sounds of that, he wants to stay. I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you want to stay with a team that's, uh, you know, pushing, well, not even pushing for finals, are in the finals and have got a good crack at uh, going a bit deeper into September. You know, and it's we're a high-scoring side, like yeah. a forwards dream. So, yeah, uh, yeah this sort of... Yeah, that thread is is uh, is sort of nonsense, really. And I think we discussed last week that there's and what we talked about with Bin Man. There's legitimate conversation about the makeup of the forward line, but I don't think one of the uh, multiple choice answers should be trade Hogan. Certainly not in my uh, certainly not on my watch. No, I would agree. All right, um, let me just bring up our. Um our uh, theme music to bring us out. Um, uh, if you want to um, 
If you want to uh, follow us uh, on any of the things, you can, of course, demonlander.com. Uh, sign up if you're not already signed up and join the conversation of discussing the Ds. 24 7, uh, 365 days of the year. Uh, you can join us on our Facebook at, demon, at facebook.com slash demonland31. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitter at, at demonland, uh, Instagram at demonland31. Um, download this if you're listening to this on SoundCloud through the website. Uh, you can subscribe to us through iTunes. Uh, leave us a five star review if you feel so inclined. Um, and with that, um, we'll be back next week and we'll discuss the upcoming elimination final against the Cats. Um, Your beauty! Yes, finals. We're finally back. It'll be very exciting. Uh, if you can get it down, get down to training this week, uh, Saturday, 9.45 a.m. at Gosh's Paddock. I'm sure there'll be lots of fun things for the kids uh, to do there on the Saturday. Hopefully there's some nice weather and it's not as cold as it has been. All right, we'll leave it there. Go days. Go days.